Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. So today I want to continue the series, It's On Us. It's Actually, it's on you, but today I've Taylor made it for us, and it's called It's On Us. What? To be grateful. Someone say, it's on me. Yeah. Gratefulness is something powerful. Um, let's go to Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12. And today I want you to take this word personally. I want you to do that every Sunday, but today I really want you to take this word personally. It will bring God into your situation if you'll learn to be grateful and practice it. All right, we're going to hit a few points about being grateful or ungrateful, but I want you to know that this is very, very, very important. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12. Look at what it says then. This is the Apostle Paul writing. He says, Be careful then, dear brothers and sisters. Make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving, turning you away from the living God. I say, what? How could that happen? You must warn each other every day while it is still today. Someone say today. today. The present is very important right now. So that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. Wow. Don't worry, it's going to continue to get better. For if we are faithful to the end, someone say faithful. faithful. Trusting God just as firmly as when we first believed, we will share in all that belongs to Christ. That's powerful. Remember what it says. He's speaking to us. He's also speaking to the children of Israel. Remember when they went through the desert? We're going to talk more about that today. Today when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled. Can you imagine seeing all of God's miracles and then beginning to complain and harden their hearts? Complaining will attack your faith, dear brother and dear sister. Complaining will attack your faith. It really will. We'll get into more of that here in a minute. So who was it who rebelled against God even though they heard his voice? You remember all the things that we read about and we go, man, why would they do that? Well, God's done great things in our life, but theirs was a real tangible thing they were watching the plagues in Egypt they left they walked through the Red Sea there was a pillar of cloud by day to shade them there's a pillar of fire by night to keep them warm and give them light and scripture says who was it who rebelled against God even though they heard his voice not you not me no we're going to be faithful wasn't it the people Moses led out of Egypt man they had the greatest prophet in the Old Testament as their leader and they were rebelling and they were fighting and they were struggling so let, let's, let's go on. What's the next one? So we see because of their what? Did I, did I jump ahead? Oh, okay, I did, I did. You're, you're correct and I'm not. And who made God angry for 40 years? Is that disappointing? Can you imagine making God angry? Look at how the Israelites lived when they came out of Egypt. They had been slaves. They didn't know what to do with their freedom. They were ungrateful for their freedom, so it's like they wanted God to put them back in bondage almost. It's strange. Scripture says that you have been set free so that you could live in freedom. Who made God angry for 40 years? Wasn't it the people who sinned? Who's, look at how, uh-oh, there's a little bit morbid, morbid. Whose corpses lay in the wilderness they ended up dying out there because of their ungratefulness. You don't want to die where you are. You say, man, I'm still alive. Yeah, but even spiritually, you don't want to get stuck somewhere in some fake battle all because you were ungrateful. And to whom was God speaking when he took an oath that they would never enter his rest? He got so tired of their complaining, their ungratefulness, their arguing, that he said, you're not going to enter into my rest, into my peace. Wasn't it the people who disobeyed him? Wow. 
That is crazy. So we see that because of their unbelief, they were not able to enter his rest. So let's talk about their unbelief. What are some of the things the Israelites did? Those of you that have read it, that know about it, you can shout out an answer. Just make it a one-word answer this morning. What are some of the things that the Israelites did when they left Israel? I mean, I'm sorry, when they left Egypt and they went out into the desert. What are some things they did to displease God? Oh, my goodness. Does everyone agree with that? They complained bitterly. No matter what God did, it wasn't good enough. They complained. What else? They rebelled. And in complaining, they decided they were going to attack the authority that God had ordained. I was talking with a pastor about this this morning. One night, they cried all night. I believe it was when they, they had sent spies into the promised land. Is that right? They sent spies in, and they came back and said, you know, of the spies, there were only two of them. Joshua and Caleb said, no, we can do this. Man, they, we will eat them up like bread. It doesn't matter if they're giants. God promised us. He will go with us. Everybody else said, we can't do this, man. We were like grasshoppers to them. They were making up stuff. They said we were small compared to the giants, but they thought we looked like grasshoppers too. Did they? Did they walk up to them and say, you guys look like grasshoppers? How do they know what the giants were thinking? They were embellishing their story because they were full of fear, and they were ungrateful for what God had done up to that point. We see that because of their unbelief, they were not able to enter his rest. They cried all night, and while they were crying and being ungrateful, they said, let's go. Did you know ungrateful people are always looking for someone to blame? See, I didn't get that job because you took my place. You got promoted. Well, you're proving that you did not deserve the promotion. Can I get an amen in this house? You got to be gracious, man. You got to honor God and be thankful. When you are grateful, God will always promote you. We see, let me say it again, because of their unbelief. Scripture says an evil heart of unbelief. In complaining, you fall deeper and deeper and deeper into unbelief. And when you complain, you start being critical. And then ungratefulness starts to harden your heart. After a while, you get blessings, and you're not even grateful for them anymore. You ever met someone like that? I remember years ago, I had some, some folks I was giving gifts to and different stuff, and they wouldn't even thank me, so I stopped giving them gifts. Couldn't even thank me. And I didn't do it so they'd thank me, but I just find that odd when someone's not grateful. Even if you don't like the gift, I was told and I was taught, man, mom and dad just about spanked me, man, as a kid. They said, your uncles give you a gift, your aunts give you a gift, you're going to love it. It's your favorite thing ever. I said, but I already had one of these toys. They said, great, now you got two of them. And you, you're going to love them, you can give it away, give it to the poor. Or, and mom said, I'll take both of them away from you and give them away. To someone who wants them, said, no, I want them. You know, beg for those things you didn't even want. No, I want, I want it, I want it, right? Point one today. Gratefulness does what? It makes for a fun journey and destination. Look, I know we got a lot of journey people in here, and we have destination people. There's nothing wrong with that. How many of you are a destination per person? You don't want to drive the seven hours, but you want to be there. Raise your hand. Okay. You're a destination person. How many of you are journey people? Yeah, me and John, those who have traveled with me and John know that we're journey people. We want to stop every hour in every town, <laughs> hang out. Me and John said, do you need the restroom? I don't know, maybe. Let's just hang out. Let's get a souvenir. We're journey people. I love the journey. It wasn't, wasn't under the greatest of circumstances, but last week I had the honor and privilege of, of going to a funeral in North Carolina. I was part of the funeral there. I started off the funeral with prayer and a word, and, and God let me 
just be the leadoff there. And it was, it was powerful. Someone who really loved God died suddenly of a heart attack. But I'm going to tell you right now, I enjoyed the journey over there. It wasn't under the best of circumstances, but I enjoyed the journey. I met people, can't even tell you their names and stuff, but I met people in airports and on the road, and it was great. I believe in enjoying the journey. Israel hated the journey. They hated the journey so bad that God prolonged the destination for 40 years. He said, you're not going to get there until all of you have died that complained. All of you over the age of 20, you're going to die out here. And I'm sure they didn't believe him about that. They didn't believe. They complained for stuff, and they complained and longed for stuff that they hated while they were in Egypt. I've met believers before, and they've talked and talked about their past life and said, man, we used to have fun. I'm like, it was fun? You were miserable. That's why you came to Jesus. You almost died. Yeah, we had so much fun. Really? What are you longing for? That's Egypt. God is taking you through the wilderness so he can take you to the promised land. But you've got to enjoy the journey and the destination. Be grateful about all of it. Part of the journey to our destination is what? It's asking and receiving with gratefulness. Let's go to John 16, 24. Look at this. This is a powerful verse that really stood out to me. John 16, 24, Jesus is speaking to his disciples. And he's, say, he's saying, you, have, you basically have not asked anything in my name before. He said, you haven't done this before, but ask using my name and you will receive. Is that good news? Wow, you pray according to God's will and you will receive. And look at, well, look at what he goes on to say. This is very key right here. He says, and you will have abundant joy. Why? You can only have abundant joy when you get an answer to prayer if you're grateful. Is somebody with me today? Someone say, God has called me to be grateful. Oh, you are great listeners in this house today. Let's read that again. You haven't done this before, Jesus said. Ask using my name, and you will receive. You pray according to his will. In his name, you will receive. He said, ask, you'll receive, and you will have abundant joy. Why? Because you're grateful. Wow. So you're not called to complain and be critical. You're not. You're not. Israel left Egypt, and they created a mess. And, man, God finally got them to the promised land 40 years later. We're told that it was a 10 to 14-day journey through the wilderness, and it took them 40 years. They weren't ready. All they would have done when they entered the promised land would have been to complain. Said, look at all these crops. Yeah, someone else planted them for us, but I don't even like okra. <laughs> look, yeah, John says, fry that thing, man. Y'all know how it is. Fry it and put some sugar on it if you don't like it like Oh, they have cucumbers here, man. I was, I was hoping for zucchini and squash. Well, I like both. Great. When I was a kid, I was a very picky eater. For those of you who know me now, you say, really? You were picky? Yep. I still have my preferences and stuff, but usually I just eat stuff. Growing up, I was real, especially before Jonathan and Elaine came into the picture, I was very, very picky. I remember weeping and crying and fighting with mom and dad in the kitchen. Some of y'all have that going on with your kids right now. God bless you. You're going to get through it. This may give you some ideas. I don't know. So I must have been, I think Jonathan was finally born, and I must have been six. Maybe they were both born. I don't remember. But at some point, about the age of six, I remember we went on a mission trip. We went to a place called Missouri. And Missouri, to me, became misery. <laughs> Dad will laugh. And we, we, we went to visit some people. They were supposedly people of God. We don't know. But, hey, only God can tell, right? But we were doing some stuff. Dad was doing some ministry stuff and traveling. And I'll never forget, we got over to their house. 
And, man, we were guests in their home, and those people were so stingy and rude. Uh, do you know what sorghum is? You ever heard of sorghum? Is it like molasses? They would give me peanut butter and sorghum sandwiches every day for lunch. I remember years later, I told Dad, I said, Dad, how long were we over there? A couple months? He said, no, man, we were there two weeks. <laughs> I said, two weeks? Man, I, something. I remember I was sneaking around trying to eat stuff that I hated before that trip. And I got in trouble for it at their house. I remember I was down in the basement, and they had a storage of apples. I hated eating apples with the skin on it. I was just picky. But, man, I was eating apples like that. And then they were like, what are you doing eating those apples? Were you eating them? No. Mm -hmm. Man, I was grateful for those apples with the peeling on them. Probably had bugs on them and stuff. Who knows? Man, I was begging the Lord for the stuff that I was ungrateful for when we were at home. It changed me. I was ungrateful. Man, I became so grateful for food after that. I remember looking longingly, and they had a Christian academy. I go to the Christian academy every day. We were there two weeks. Dad says two weeks, so I got to believe that. It still feels like two, three months in my mind. But I would show up to lunch with peanut butter and sorghum sandwiches, one of them. And I'd look at kids, and you know what they would have? Tomatoes and bologna and mayonnaise. Dad, people who eat mayonnaise, they can still go to heaven. <laughs> they had mayonnaise and mustard. I was looking at stuff going, I can't wait till I get up out of here and have a, sa a bologna sandwich. If you'll allow God to work in your heart, he can help you to be grateful. But you got to see all the stuff that he's done for you leading up to that point. You can look back and go, wow, God took care of me. Wow, God did something great. In wow, I had all this great food to eat, and I'd cry and fuss and fight with my parents and sit in the kitchen for hours and go, one more bite, two more bites, and I'd be sitting in the kitchen in the dark, and Dad would get home and say, what's wrong with you, boy? I didn't want to eat my food. Well, now you got to eat it. Now it's even grosser than it was before. After that age, I believe it was six or seven, I was never forced to eat anything ever again, even Brussels sprouts. To this day, I think they're weird, but I salt them and eat them. They're supposed to be good for you. They grow your hair back or something. I'm kidding. I'm going to tell you right now, let's go to this point again, point number one. This is important. Gratefulness makes for a fun journey and destination. Did you know for the Mary of Heart, Proverbs says, every day is a feast. But for the miserable what? It's just loathing. It's like, oh, oh, I remember we were reading a book years ago. It was, uh, I think it was the last book, last installment in the Chronicles of Narnia by C.S. Lewis. And there were folks that were, they were placed in, I don't know if they were placed in some kind of barn or holding cell or something near the end of the book. And do you remember, those who were grateful and were close to, quote, unquote, God or the symbol of God in these books, Aslan, they started to see benefit and starting to see into this other realm and started to see good in it. And those who did not believe, guess what? They complained about everything. They couldn't see the light opening into the new world, which was heaven, a symbol of heaven. All they saw was straw and stink and maybe they smelled manure. I don't know. But everybody else says, man, this is glorious. It's getting brighter. Something good is happening. Why? Because they were grateful. Gratefulness brings you closer to God. It makes for a fun journey and destination. Point two today. Did you know it's easier to stay grateful than to stop complaining? Is somebody with me? Anthony and I were talking this morning. Someone said he was 
biting his nails or something, and I've always, I've always struggled with that. I don't know if, if in 1981 they thought that was a disease. When I went to the Christian Academy, they said he bites his nails. <laughs> I don't know. I said, does he bite his nails? And my mom said, I had to put that in the application that you bite your nails. I said, wow. Am I disabled, you know? But did you know it's hard to stop biting your nails? Those of you that bite your nails, you know. It's hard to stop smoking. They're bad habits. Did you know what I've learned? I learned this about drugs and alcohol when I was a kid. I thought, wow, it'd be way easier to never start than to have to stop. I remember looking and going, wow, why get into that mess? So it's very much easier to stay grateful than it is to stop complaining. You saw how hard it was for Israel to get out of complaining? And they were up and down every day. They wept. They cried for me. We missed the onions and garlic, and we missed melons from Egypt. And didn't we have enough over there? You were, you were getting beat over there. Ungrateful. So look at this verse, and I want you to look at it carefully and listen to it carefully just as well. Let's go to Romans 10, 17 in the New King James Version. You're, you're familiar with this verse, right? So faith comes from hearing, and that is hearing the good news about Christ. Let's do it in the New King James Version, please. I may or may not have sent that to you. That's my fault in the New King James. See if you can find that for me. There you go. Um, Romans 10, 17 in the New King James. Perfect. Look at this. That may have been my fault. I don't know if I sent that in the notes, um, New King James Version. So then faith comes by hearing. You all know this verse, right? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, correct? The more you hear it, the more you believe it. And the more you believe it, the more you want to hear it. It's good stuff. Faith comes by hearing and hearing. One man of God said years ago, hearing and hearing. So don't you think unbelief can also come in the same way? You ever got caught up in the news? Remember during COVID, man, you're reading headlines. He's like, man, the world's ending. Well, guess what now? They got another, they got another virus coming around. Have you all heard about it? The monkeypox. Oh, my gosh. Get ready. Here's what's interesting about monkeypox, and this will tie into Romans chapter 1, verse 27 on Wednesday night. Guess who they're finding monkeypox in predominantly? Gay and bisexual men. People who are practicing homosexuals. That's interesting. That sounds like judgment. But anyway, there's always something that... And they want, man, it's like they don't want you to have faith. They want to scare the mess out of you. Do you remember during COVID? It was every commercial. Stay safe. Do this. Do that. If you really care about people, man, they couldn't scare you enough, and they tried to guilt trip you. Man, at one point, my wife and I were traveling through an airport in 2020, and you know what people were doing? We saw a couple holding hands, and they were both wearing hazmat suits. How do you get through security with that stuff? Sir, so you can go ahead and take off all that. You'll be exposed to all the germs, but then you can put it back on. I mean, you know, wh what do you do? Ha they had complete headgear. They looked like beekeepers. Walking through the airport like that, just strolling. And me, I can't help it sometimes. I'm all, Jin's all, baby, don't stare. I'm all, too late. I'm all. You keep listening to the negative, the negative, the negative, then you think, you think the negative, then you start speaking the negative, then you start acting out on the negative. 
But if you listen to faith and start praising God instead of complaining, oh, man, you can stay grateful. And I'm telling you right now, some of the toughest times of my life, with God's help, I praised my way through. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. And did you know when you don't feel like it, that's really when you need to start praising him. It's not some religious activity. And that's when it gets, my brothers and sisters, real. When you praise God, you've just had a major loss. I remember losing mom, and I said, God, I praise you. I don't understand it all, but you're faithful. And mom's not suffering anymore. She's in heaven. She's healed now. I don't get it all, God. There's been some challenges this year, one after another. You say, man, what do we do? Do we give up? Do we start complaining? No, we start praising God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I believe in the same way. Worship will perpetuate itself by worshiping and worshiping and being grateful, being grateful, being grateful. Man, did you know unbelief, though? Unbelief. That's a sticky place to be. You start to listen to others complain and hear yourself complain. It gets worse and worse. And you know, you ever been in an okay mood and you've heard so much negative and pretty soon you catch yourself going, you know it is pretty bad. This, you've got a raise this morning. Who have you been hanging out with? You don't want to listen to that junk. Did you know 2 Timothy chapter 3 says, in the last days, it talks about people not keeping their word, people dishonoring parents, being greedy. It says in the last days, people will be ungrateful. Don't fall into that mess. Don't fall into that mess. Don't fall into that, that whole deal about, oh, yeah, I have this, but I want that. No, be grateful, man. Complaining is a pit. You know, Scripture says in everything, give, th give thanks. Someone say in everything, give thanks. Man, you are a great group of people. Let's go to point three today. Got some more good news for you. Look at this. Gratefulness makes us a pleasure to be around. It does. Haven't you seen someone with a light heart? Most of the time they're grateful for what they have. I've seen where things are going tough and there's one bright light in the group and someone goes, yeah, but at least we don't have, you know, at least we're alive. You're like, we're alive? What? This food's terrible. <laughs> at least we have food. Man, it's windy out here. Have you ever thought about this? It's windy here a lot. But it probably keeps us alive with all the oil and contaminants and pollution in the air. Have you ever thought about that? There's a lot of junk in our air. But that wind, it must keep us alive. God says, I'm going to give them oil in the desert, but there's going to be a lot of junk in the air, heavy metals, contaminants, pollutants, but I'm going to give them some wind so they can live in the desert and go ahead and harvest that oil. People over here, they go, man, it's hot. Remember years ago, John, you were talking to someone, I think door-to-door -door campaigning. John said, man, we need some rain. The guy looked at him and goes, and John wasn't complaining. He was just making conversation with someone. The guy looked at him real earnestly and goes, well, bro, you know, it is the desert. What wisdom speaks from God there. <laughs> Say, man, it's hot. Yeah, well, it is the desert, you know. There's snowstorm. There were snowstorms in Colorado this weekend or something, but I don't know if you want that or what. And others go, well, I just like it dry. Well, you're in the right place if you like it dry. But gratefulness makes us a pleasure to be around. You know, 20 years ago, I had a guy in my youth group, and we all knew the signal of when he was about to complain. He'd start with, man. Adrian's older brother used to go, man, I'm so sick of him crying. Man, is, man, my armpits are moist. You know, I don't know. He'd start off. Uh, you could, 
you know, like a thunderstorm, you see it coming miles away, blowing from Carlsbad. You're like, oh, here comes a thunderstorm. There's nothing you can do about it. And this guy, he'd go, man, and he'd start complaining, and his tone would change. And I was like, ignore him, man. That's sissy stuff already, complaining about everything. Gratefulness, though, gives you more favor with people. You lose favor when you're complaining and ungrateful. You lose favor. Grateful people are pleasantly responsive. They have a winning attitude. It takes zero talent to be grateful and have a winning attitude. I've played on basketball teams over the years, and some of the most talented, not always, some of the most talented, man, they were hard to deal with. But then you had a guy, man, he could barely make a layup, but you just liked playing with him. He said, man, he's on my team. He said, man, we may not win, but, man, he's cool to be around. <laughs> Maybe his attitude will take him to the next level, the next game. I don't know. Maybe he's going to practice or whatever. But, man, it, it takes no talent at all to be grateful and have a good attitude. Look at this. Luke 2, 52. Look at this. Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all the people. You think Jesus was a complainer? Oh, I seriously doubt that. No, he grew in favor with people. You have pleasant attributes. When you grow in favor with people, they go, man, growing in favor with people, it tells me that people want to be around you. They go, man, whatever he or she has, I want that. I want that. Whatever they have, I want that. Let, Let me just talk to you about some things I'm grateful about. I'm grateful for my history. I'm grateful that I accepted Jesus in my life when I did. He had the power of keeping me from so many things. Some of you say, man, Pastor Matt, I I came to God later, and God took me out of all this stuff. Then you're grateful, too. The same God who kept me is the same God who rescued you. But he really rescued all of us because I wasn't born saved. I'm grateful for my mom and dad and all the training they gave us. And, man, when we were going through it, I remember the discipline stuff. I go, man, what is this for? Is this good? And then, Man, they're, they're sure strict. Man, thank God for mom and dad. They knew what they were talking about. I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for a building to meet in for church. Did you know I'm grateful? Look at this. You say, man, that's a crazy thought. I'm grateful for my size. Say, what does that mean? It means just about anywhere I can pull a medium off the rack and it fits me. That's not me smarting off, but I'm, gr- I'm grateful for it. It's something nice. It's a, it's a blessing. Did you know at this point I'm even grateful that I'm bald? I'm going somewhere. I'm going somewhere with this. Did you know after I shaved my head, I started liking the wind more? I just go like that. You know when a dog sticks their head out? Man, our dog Gentry, he used to love to stick his little head out the window. Dogs love that, don't they? And their, their, their lips are flapping and their ears are blowing. They're going, <sighs> they just love it. But man, I remember, I remember the first summer I shaved my head, I got in the back of a truck. And we were transporting stuff around town or in the country or something. And I remember thinking, man, all that flaps in the wind now is my ears, and that don't matter. I could feel my little ears doing stuff in the wind, but my hair. Gratefulness, man, I'm just grateful. I'm grateful that I got to know my grandparents. Not everybody had that. Aren't you grateful your mom or your dad is still alive? I'm grateful my dad's still alive. I'm grateful we have people here who want to serve and they're servant leaders. I'm grateful we have staff and department heads. I'm grateful that we have a gym. I'm grateful this building is on a state highway where people can see it as they pass. They'll have no excuse one day said, I couldn't find a church. No, they could show up at that church. 
I'm grateful. I'm grateful to be here today. I'm grateful that my heart is beating. Did you know every time I overcome a cold or something, you ever been there? You go, man, I'm grateful that I feel good. You ever tweaked your back? I have. Ooh. You sure are grateful when it doesn't hurt anymore, huh? Oh, man, you feel good. You don't notice how grateful you are for pain-free living until you have pain. We know Jesus was not a complainer. He wasn't a complainer like that young man. Go, man. Oh, where's he going? Uh Uh-uh. Point three today. Gratefulness makes us a pleasure to be around. I speak for myself. If you're grateful, I want to be around you. I'm drawn to you. Number four, this is so important. Gratefulness attracts God's favor. Not only attract favor from people, but you attract favor from God. Look at Psalm 22.3. Look at this. Look at, the psalmist is speaking to God. He says, yet you are wholly enthroned. One translation says, you who inhabit, you who live in the praises of Israel. God is there where people are grateful. You don't praise God unless you're grateful. And I'm going to tell you right now, you want to get out of ungratefulness, you want to overcome temptation in lots of areas, begin to praise him and be grateful. You will attract his presence. You will attract God's presence, I promise you. I've seen it in my own life. It felt like everything, you know, you ever, you've been through those seasons like, man, everything's just, this is crazy. We got bad news again. This is another thing. There's another, man, this is tough. We've been going through hell. No, start to praise him. Life happens. People make bad decisions. Heavens, we, God forbid, but we make bad decisions sometimes, don't we? There's reward and consequences in life, but you can go ahead and go, you know what, God? Praise God. Some of you are like, man, but you don't know, Pastor Matt, I still got to deal with this court case or the ex or whatever. You get grateful, man. You start to spend time in prayer. As you drive around town, just praise God and thank him. That's why we have worship before we get in the word. We get grateful for everything God has done so we can receive from his word. It's on you and it's on me to be grateful. It is. It attracts God's favor. Scripture says, we just went over that, Luke 2.52. Jesus grew in favor with the people and with God. It says that about Samuel. He grew in favor with God and with mankind. The prophet Samuel. There's gratefulness in there. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. So that makes me think that I should be grateful for every single little thing in my life. Just grateful. I believe that gratefulness will even keep you out of bitterness. Many times we go, man, no, I'm so hurt with them. They did me wrong. They did me wrong. They did me wrong. Praise God, you have the opportunity to be in a relationship with them and irritate the fire out of each other. Really? No, really. Relationships are dangerous. Did you know everything has risk? Everything has risk. So I'm just not going to love anybody. That way I don't get hurt. Well, that's no way to live. Be grateful for the relationships and the sphere of influence you have and the people you can influence. Did you know that even introverts, people who are not crazy about hanging out with everybody and being the life of the party and all that, introverts are great. We need introverts. We need extroverts. Even introverts, it is said in, in studies over the, over the recent, recent decades, that introverts, even if they stay to themselves, they influence up to 10,000 people in their lifetime. 10,000 people. I'm going to steal a little bit from next week. I think I'm headed in this direction. But you get to be an example. Aren't you grateful that God called you and chose you 
and he found you worthy to say, you know what, with your background, your culture, the mistakes, everything you've been through, all your imperfections and your flaws, I've called you to be a child or a son of God, a, a child of God, a daughter of God. I've called you, and you get to be an example for me and wear my name. Oh, man, I'm so grateful. Because God called you, but you had to answer his call. I don't know who this is for this, is mor- this morning, but don't keep ignoring the conviction of the Holy Spirit. I've met people like that. They ignore the conviction of the Holy Spirit until they don't notice it anymore. People warned them. They were ungrateful for counsel. And they ignored it and ignored it and ignored it. It's what happened to Israel in the desert. They weren't going to listen to Moses. They weren't going to listen to God. They weren't listening to Aaron. They were not listening to the law, the scriptures that were given at that time, the word. But here's what's amazing. Back to that story, and then we'll wrap it up. Caleb and Joshua, they were two, they were the only two of the spies sent into the promised land. They came back, and you know what they were? They were grateful. They were grateful. They said, God, we're grateful for what you've done so far, and we're grateful for what you're going to do, and we know that you can. You're a big God. You've done it thus far, and you're going to continue to do it. So stay grateful. You don't ever want to fall into complaining. You don't want to fall into bitterness. You don't want to fall into doubt. Ungratefulness, Ungratefulness can lead to serious doubt issues. One of the things that builds your faith is praising and thanking God even when you don't feel like it. It takes work. It takes work. It does. So we have our four points, and then let's pray. It's gratefulness, number one, makes for a fun journey and destination. Man, you don't have to be a journey and destination person to be grateful. Just be grateful. Be grateful that you're headed to a destination. Or be grateful that you're on the journey. Look at this, number two. It's easier to stay grateful than to stop complaining. So start today being grateful. You don't want to build a habit for years from now and look back and go, man, I should have started being grateful. I can hardly stop complaining. It's easier to stay grateful than to stop complaining. Number three, gratefulness makes us a pleasure to be around. Are you grateful? Are you drawing favor? Are you drawing people to come around you and listen to the message of the gospel through you and see your light and see your example because you're grateful? Makes you a pleasure to be around. Gives you favor. Number four, gratefulness attracts God's favor. It makes... It's a pleasure for God to be around you and and manifest His presence to you and towards you and around you when you're grateful. Go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes today. It's on us to be grateful. Now's your chance. Oh, now is your chance. As usual, I'm going to pray for folks to experience salvation if they've never accepted Jesus and made Him the Lord of their life. And then we'll pray concerning the message specifically than in your lives. But is there anyone in this house who has never accepted Jesus or made him the Lord of your life? You've never done it publicly. Would you raise your hand, please? I want to pray with you today. You say, man, I need to get to know the Lord. If I died tonight, I don't know if I'd go to heaven or hell. I need to get to know the Lord. Would you raise your hand today, please? And I'm going to pray with you. And if not, we're going to just pray together because someone may listen to this message later, even now on the live stream, and they need this. So repeat this prayer with me, people of God. Say, Heavenly Father, I'm sorry for my sin. Forgive me, Lord. Cleanse me. Apart from you, I'm a sinner. Say, but I want to be saved by your grace through faith. Say, I believe Jesus is Lord and my Savior, and I call upon the name of Jesus. 
Say, I believe Jesus died and rose again so that I could be close to God, right with God, at peace with God. Say, thank you, Lord, for saving me. Say, I believe in Jesus' name. I want you to stand to your feet. I want you to look at me. Everybody look in this direction, please. I want to have a brief conversation with you. It will not take long. Be honest with yourself and with God this morning. If God's dealing with you about gratefulness in some area of your life, even if it's just one area of your life, I want you to raise your hand before the Lord this morning. Mine's up and it's staying up. Be grateful for your husband. Be grateful for your wife. Be grateful that you have kids. Be grateful that God's given you a place to stay and be sheltered and for those vehicles you drive and for that bank account you have and then pets and, and a church home to call yours. Be grateful. Keep those hands raised. Let's, let's agree today. Father, we thank you for an anointing of praise and worship over your people as they humble themselves in the spirit of gratefulness. We see that even in the story of Jehoshaphat, King Jehoshaphat in the Bible, your people's gratefulness and praises and worship protected them and defeated their enemies. They sent the praisers before the army to magnify the name of the Lord and to say that your loving kindness and mercy endures forever. I thank you today for gratefulness. I thank you that it's falling on us, but Lord, as an act of our will. We know it's your will for us to be grateful, but Lord, now it's an act of our will to receive gratefulness and walk in it. We thank you for it today. I break every spirit of doubt, every spirit of ungratefulness and complaining in Jesus' name. We will not give in to that anymore. Lord, we trust you. We believe your word, and we thank you today. We honor you. May all honor be given to your name, and may we be forever and eternally grateful. Lord, Men and women of God who know much more than me over the years have said this. If you did nothing else for us in our lives, you already did enough because of the cross. So we are grateful. We're eternally grateful today. And we believe and we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name.